want to talk a little bit today about just some of my thoughts about eternity and eternal life. And this passage from Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 3.11, he's made everything beautiful in his time. And he also he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so he cannot fathom, he cannot find out what God's done from beginning to the end. And it's got this, I read this passage a few months ago, and it's really got me thinking about eternity and eternal life. And so I'm going to, you know, just, just give you some thoughts on that that have sort of given me some inspiration over the last few months, and I'm hoping that it's going to encourage you as well. Now, we've just celebrated Matariki, the Māori Unia. It reminds me that... Many cultures throughout the ages have looked to the heavens. They've observed the way the stars and the planets, the sun and the moon track across the skies in orderly and predictable patterns, and they linked their patterns to the rhythms of the seasons. They've been able to rely on this to give order and predictability to their lives. And, you know, it's amazing. And they've, they've linked their stories to what's going on in the heavens, and they've created meaning and connection with creation and its ongoing and unchanging rhythms. And, you know, the nature of these stories, to me, is a reflection of this longing, this connection to the eternal that is God. And, you know, the psalmist knew this. They said, you know, in Psalm 8, 1, 3 to 4, it says, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. And when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. So this the search for meaning, for purpose and connection is something that God's built into us as human beings. You know, um, what's life about? You know, I think King Solomon thought a lot about this. And in Ecclesiastes, where this passage comes from, he talks about the repetitions of daily life, the futility of so many of our endeavours. And he observed the sinfulness and our depravity. You know, he, he, he talked about himself. He'd tried all the pleasures that people seek, but had found them all meaningless. And having considered all the evidence, he concludes that what remains true is, is to fear God. That's to be in awe of God and to have and to keep his commandments. You know, um, he couldn't find the meaning of life, except he knew, he sort of knew in his heart that it was connected to God. He couldn't find it in other things on earth. He had to look to God for the meaning. You know, but, you know, you know we live in an age of new revelation. And, you know, um, can we just have up John 1? John 1. I love this passage. It's one of my all-time favourites, but in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. 
Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then further down in that um, same chapter, it says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. You know, we live in this age of this wonderful new revelation. As Christians, we have a wonderful truth that we have found out what God has done from beginning to end. Ecclesiastes, Solomon couldn't fathom it. But but the secret has been revealed. It's no longer hidden. God sent his son that we might have eternal life. The yearning of our heart is for eternity is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, this is, I, mean, I guess this is the story of the whole Bible, right? It, it, it's the, it's the, um, it's the eternal truth, but it, it, it's, it's, it's the story of the ages. In you know, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, Paul says, For God, who, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of, of Christ. So eternal life this life of connection to the glory of God. It comes to us through the word of Christ. It is in Christ that that eternal life is found and, and that we have union with the creator of heaven and earth. Um, I, I just want you to think about that. That's the cent- just the central truth of the gospel. So in John 17, verse 1 to 3, which I think they'll put up for you. Um, by the way, I'm, quoting, I'm going to quote a few scriptures. I'm not putting them all up because <laughs> you can get the, you can get the um, passages, off, the references off me later. But, but anyway, in John 17, 1 to 3, after Jesus said this, he looked towards the heavens. Now he's, this is sort of his prayer um, towards the end of his life. And he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you have granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So, you know, um, what is this eternal life about? You know, I, I found it helpful to think about what eternity is. You know, eternity reaches back unendingly to before the beginning of creation 
It's present now, and it's and it's and into the future everlasting. It's continuous. Eternity is where God is found. Okay, Revelations one eight says, "I am the Alpha and the Omega." Who is God says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And through Christ, we know the God of ages past. We know him today and we will know him in future ages. And now we don't live in the past. We do have a revelation of God's hand at work through the, throughout the ages, and we are drawn to him and stand of, in awe of what he's done in creation and in the lives of people. And we draw on the wisdom of the ages to understand how great is the reach of God's power and his love. Yeah? So we also have a, a connection to the people of God who, have already, who are already with him. In Hebrews, the writer speaks of the faith of the forefathers and says in Hebrews 11 that God is not ashamed to, to be called their God for he has prepared a city for them. And one day in that new creation, in the place that God is preparing for them and for us, we might get to, to sit down and, call, and talk to Moses and Esther and Elijah. You could invite them for dinner. How cool would that be? You know, another amazing thing about this link to ages past, to the forefathers of our faith, is that they are alive in Christ now, looking to that new creation and cheering us on. They are our great crowd of witnesses who encourage us to persevere in the faith. Yeah? You know, we watched the FIFA World Cup opening game on Thursday night, thanks to Sue and Graham, who came around with the um, Sky connection. And uh, so New Zealand was playing Norway, and New Zealand played their hearts out and won. It was so exciting. (laughs) The stadium was full, and I'm sure that the energy and the encouragement of the crowds lifted them and enabled them to find the grit and the determination to get there. You know, be encouraged that all the people of faith who are already with God are cheering you on. You have the biggest supporters club, and they have access to all the resources of God in eternity. How can you fail? Right? But eternal life is also here for us now. Christ brings us eternity now. He brings us into union with the, God, with the eternal God in, in this life. We don't have to wait. In this unity with God, we come to experience an abundant and glorious life. The gift of eternal life is available to whoever believes in Jesus. That's what John 3.16 tells us. It's not something set aside for a privileged few. God wants us all to live in union with him. He wants to know us and for us to know him. And the eternal life is a gift. It's not earned. But if you want to know the fullness of that life, of that life it can only be found in union with Christ. Apart from Christ, there is no eternal life. 
In John 15, 5, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I am in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, Lawrence actually quoted this passage last week, which is always exciting when you're thinking about putting it in next week's sermon. And, and, <laughs> but he, and he's promised to speak on it in an upcoming sermon, so I'm actually going to hold him to, to that because I'm really looking forward to that sermon. I, I, I really want to know more about living in union with Christ. Um, so eternal life is here for us now. And... But it's also a life, an everlasting life. It's a life that goes beyond the grave. It isn't interrupted by death. You know, mortal life, eternal life, ends in death. You know, death comes to us all. It's why Solomon despairs in Ecclesiastes about the futility of our earthly toil. It comes to nothing. All living things die. But eternal life is never ending. Our eternal life begins on earth through faith in Christ, God's only son. But it continues beyond death. Christ has conquered death. Right? And John chapter 12 tells the story of Lazarus. After the death of Lazarus, Jesus was talking to to Martha, who's grief-stricken by the death of her brother. And Jesus said to her, to her, that's Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. You know, of course we know that that Jesus did go on with great compassion towards Martha and Mary to restore Lazarus's mortal life. But the real comfort that he offers is that the end of our mortal life is not the end of our life in him. Yeah? So, so eternal life is a life that connects us to the ages past. It's a life... That is for the here and now, but it's also our life that's for the ages to come. And I, you know, the rewards of eternal life will one day be realised when all creation is renewed. There are many riches that God has for us in this coming age that we cannot imagine. Paul said in Ephesians 2 6 7. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Revelations 1, 3-4 tells us that in the age to come he will wipe every tear from, from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. You know, we can't know these things fully now. We live in two worlds. We're citizens of the kingdom of God, and we live on this earth where death still has a hold. You know, Chris talked last week about the struggle and the pain of living in two worlds, in two ages. 
We yearn to be reunited with Christ in all his glory and we hold on to the promise of the new creation. It's not easy at times. But, you know, I want to encourage you today with some, with Paul's words to Timothy. And he said, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your confession in the presence of many witnesses. You know, eternal life is really, um, the eternal life is that life and connection with the creator of the heavens and the earth. And you need to take hold of it. Take hold of it and enable it to transform your life, that you can you can have that life which is connected to eternity, that is powerful in the here and now, and it's fueled by the hope of the age to come, where we will we will be with Christ. So, you know, I want I want to to leave you that with the thought that through Christ we know the God of ages past, we know Him today, and we will know Him in future ages so grab hold of it okay thank you Woohoo. thanks Jackie that was um I'm inspired I particularly love that uh that picture I was I uh, I had the privilege on Friday night of going to Wellington and uh, watching some football live, and sometimes uh, you can watch on TV and you get a sense of what's going on. But when you're in the stadium and the roar of the crowd and everything, there's a whole another level to that exposure. And um, and that idea that you and I, I just I just captured my imagination. The idea that there we're standing in the middle of a crowd of everyone who's gone before us. And they're cheering us on. I, I just think that's an incredibly powerful imagery. You know, there's sometimes in this life where we get to a space and we feel like we're the only ones and we're alone. Yeah, has anyone felt that before? You're in those moments sometimes where you feel alone, where you feel lonely, where... where uh, our humanity begins to rise and we go, I, I, I'm on my own. And just that idea right now of, of the fact that you're never alone, not just because God is with you all the time, but there is also a great cloud of witnesses who are cheering you on right now. Because there are moments uh, in this journey where God feels like he's a long way away. Has anyone ever experienced that? If you haven't, uh, let me just say that some stage in your journey, you'll probably feel that. It's not true, but you will be feeling that. Because God never leaves us or abandons us, but sometimes we feel like he's a long way away. In those moments, that scripture out of Hebrews chapter 11, we have a cloud of witnesses who are cheering us on. In this life, for the next life. You know, um, if you're here this morning and, you know, Jackie spoke about the idea that 
Uh, eternal life starts in this life when we connect with Jesus. When we make a decision, a choice to say, Jesus, I need you in my life. And if you're here this morning and you've never made that, uh, that commitment, that decision, then I want to encourage you that if you're to experience what it means to be human fully in the way that God designed you, it starts with that, with that decision, that choice of saying, Jesus, I, I need you in my life. I want to have that relationship with you that Jackie was talking about that initiates my understanding of eternal life and my journey towards eternity with you. And so if that's you this morning, I want to encourage you, please don't leave without having spoken to someone um, about that, about that desire, about that need, because we'd love to introduce you to Jesus and to help you make that connection. So it's a really, really, really important thing. So I implore you to do that. But for the rest of us, uh, maybe you're in, in the middle of a situation where you need to know that you're not alone, that God's right with you right here, right now, and he's given you all that you need to live the life he's called you to live. Then I want us all to stand, please. I just want want us to stand and I want us to pray. Just be aware of God and, and I'd invite you wherever you are. As we, as we said, as I shared before we started into worship, we all have areas of brokenness in our lives. We all have things in our lives where eternal life hasn't yet taken hold and taken root. Where we're not experiencing the fullness of the kingdom of heaven yet. We haven't experienced healing yet. And so I just want to invite you just to open your hands, open as a symbol of opening your heart. It's just a, a symbol of that. And I want to pray for us. And if you want to pray along with me, then I invite you to do that. Father, the creator of the heavens and the earth, we're aware of you right now. And we invite you to come into our hearts, into my heart, to bring eternal life into those areas that are currently beset by sin and death, that are hurting, that are broken, that you would bring your life, you would bring your healing. Because we need transformation, we need healing, we need salvation. And so we ask you to do that this morning. I ask you for my life, that you would bring light into those areas that are dark. That you would bring healing to those areas that are broken. That you would help me in the moments when I feel alone to know that I'm never alone. It's not just your presence, your Holy Spirit that's with me, but there's a crowd of witnesses that are around me. That I'm part of a family right here in this place called KIC. That each of us is cheering each other on in this journey you've given us. God, we thank you that you've given us a taste of eternal life through Jesus. Help us to live out of that more and more as we journey our day-to-day lives, I pray. And everyone said, Amen.